Product Quest Podcast. Thank you for jour- joining us on our journey to better understand innovation and product strategy. My name is Scott Burleson, and joining me, as always, my co-hosts, Jan Vermouth and Jonathan Edwards. And today, we're going to keep it to just our Product Quest Podcast team, and we're going to explore a topic of personal interest, for sure, and I think one that a lot of folks, certainly practitioners, e- even if you're if you're doing jobs you've done projects or if you're hiring folks to do them, I think this is an important topic, and it's what can go wrong? What are the challenges you have? with uh, executing a job to be done project. And I'll just open it up to our, our panel here. Uh, maybe I'll start with you, Jan. You, you were sharing a few things as we were getting ready. And yeah. I don't know that you have to have any, just like with a good qualitative interview, you know, don't feel like you have to come up with the most important <laughs> thing, whatever is top of mind. What are some of the challenges you found when uh, doing yeah. a job to be done project? All right, so I'll start. I'll start to blabber on, and then and then you just kind of interrupt me. So I think there is there is as I'm so there is kind of two things that can go wrong. So or two two kinds of things that can go wrong. Uh, I think on the one hand you have this more technical stuff. So how exactly do you do run a job to be done an interview? How exactly do you phrase a job and all these kinds of things? And I think we can get into that. So where where can this go wrong? Maybe there's three buckets, and then there's the second one. I think where is whether it's more kind of support things that you need to do, for example, recruiting and how do you get access to, to, to participants? How do you actually access your customer? Sometimes that is difficult for our, for our clients. And then the third bucket, which, which I'm becoming more and more aware of over, over the years actually is everything that needs to in place to be in place on a more kind of organizational, maybe cultural level. I don't know exactly how to phrase it yet, so that a jobs to be done project can actually succeed is actually accepted within the company and and um just this year i had a beautiful example of where this horribly went wrong because i kind of we in a sense underestimated the 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 pushback uh in a certain sense of the organization against this new kind of thinking so if you bring jobs to be done in a very very product centered a very very product oriented company we kind of underestimated the pushback that we would would get from 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 that and 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 i kind of was too late to realize what game more or less political not call it political games but it's not political games i mean they have opinions and they 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 have different kinds of convictions but kind of i underestimated how much it actually takes so that a jobs to be done perspective even gets accepted sometimes within a company and that's what i'm kind of struggling the most with with and, and how how to actually how do you manage it how do you how do you what do you need to do so that it gets acceptance or b- broader acceptance at least within a company i think those are the two big categories it's the executing the project like my skills that i'm covering yeah my data analysis, those skills, and then there's the everything else around it. The, yeah. um, the everything else around it seems <laughs> to be a bigger cause of failure, just sort of me thinking, would, is that something, would you agree with that? In other words, it's usually, it didn't fail because you didn't do a very good job interviewing. It didn't fail exactly. because, yeah. Yeah, it didn't yeah, fail yeah. because there was some error in the data analysis. You know, it's almost everything that's, you know, it's, I'd refer to that as turning the crank or it's like, you're just, you're just, you're sort of working the process, but I totally agree. It's, um, and you said a lot there, (laughs) you said a lot, (laughs) Uh, some of the, some of the things that you mentioned though, that, um, is, um, uh, issues with getting the results accepted. Yeah. And. Uh, so where well, even the, the approach? Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. What do you mean by the getting? You mean acceptance on the approach? Yeah, I mean, I was, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't want to. I mean, there is, there is. I think there is a. Well, maybe we can then get actually into the executional questions as well because I think they're they're interesting as well. But I think there is challenges in accepting the results. So that is, but accepting then you have the results. So that is okay. one kind of challenge, I think. So you 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 run a project be it qualitative only or with quantitative aspects that however you want to do it and then you kind of need to transfer that into a broader audience within the organization so that is kind of one i think one challenge so how do you because what we sometimes had and that was we found ways of dealing with this but what we sometimes had is 
you do a jobs to be done study, qualitative interviews, quantitative part, and then you show the data, people look at the data and say no. Well, they don't explicitly say no, but they look at the data and still do something else. So that it's kind of how do you actually manage acceptance of the data? And there is a couple of things that you can do there on how to do this. Um, I was just reminded yesterday, I, I read another and uh, completely different thing uh, about this. And, and I think I forgot the name of the Greek guy. I think it was the first kind of rhetoric uh, trainer. I, I, yeah, you can Google it very quickly. But he said there's kind of three, the three ways of persu persuasion, logos, ethos, and pathos. So appeal, logos is appeal to logic, reason, data, facts, whatever. Then ethos is kind of my authority or my, because I'm an expert. So kind of this more uh, credibility kind of empowering and pathos is emotion. And I think what we've, we, when I mean we, I mean we as Ventbridge, as the company that I work in is we were heavy on logos. And I think jobs to be done sometimes can be very heavy on logos, on, on yeah. data and logic and everything. But that's not everybody gets convinced in that way. So you need to find other ways of working or get people to work with the data to, to, so that they're convinced or that they start forming at least an acceptance. So that's that's one kind of thing. And then the second one is just getting the approach accepted within 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 the company is, is sometimes a challenge. And that was, I think, the one that we walked in, the trap that we walked in, that we underestimated the, well, the pushback, the pushback of product people, of people who still, well, who had this conviction that I know my customer better than they know themselves. Customers are an unreliable source of information. Uh, I have a vision and I want to implement it no matter what customers think because whatever. And then you, the pushback that you get uh, is, is can, I mean, we basically were shut down and that just can happen. So you don't even get acceptance of the approach. I'm sorry. I was, I'm That's so very much. interesting. Uh, <laughs> you, um, you know, I often think of with the jobs we've done project, there's, there's, the, well, if we use our, if we use our jobs language as we should, or as we can, um, it's uh, there's one job of, you know, uncovering customer needs. That's sort of yeah. what we think of. There's also yeah. the job of communicating what we've learned. Yes. And if we do the first one, if we do an amazing job of the first one, we do an yes. amazing job. We do a perfect job uncovering customer needs. And we do a terrible job of communicating what we've learned. We have so right. failed. Yes. Miserably, miserably failed. And I think, um, by the way, we have to do one of these one day, Jan. We, we just really go into the philosophers. I know we keep talking around it, but <laughs> yeah. we're going to do that. But we're going back try to sneak out of that, but yes, we should. <laughs> your logos, ethos, pathos. I think jobs be done as a process appeals to the logical mind a bit. So yeah. it sort of pulls. So we're like, the logic should almost be almost like a scientist. That should be all that matters. And so yes. we, you know, and so which is terrible way of thinking. I mean, it's so it, so it draws us in. But it when we do that, we minimize we minimize the importance of this communication uh, part. And I'll yeah, tell you, out of that logos, ethos, yes. pathos, I'll tell you the one I, I try to never use is that ethos. I try yeah. to never, I, I, I never want to be like, I'm an authority on this. Therefore, I mean, yeah. I, I, it's, I actively, actively, um, yeah. I mean, I don't have to actively fight against that because that's just not my personality. But even yeah, if yeah, like yeah. somebody's trying to in the room in the conversation, I'm like, that, that's look, I'm just a student. I'm just learning. By the way, this is some mark just because I know the process. I don't I'm not an expert in your markets. You've got deep expertise yeah, 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 in your yeah, yeah. products and your customers. And I am super respectful of that. If anybody's an authority, it's not me. It's you for that yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's something we could learn to do better as yep. practitioners is the is the uh, pathos uh, the emotion now i'll tell you one of my tricks there and i'd be curious to know what you guys sure. think as well the um during the qualitative well it's nice to record audio and and, and if it's a product what that they're using 
it's not always easy to do, but if you could record video of them using it and yes. then it's, and then people think, well, you're doing that because for part of taking notes and then transcripts are good for notes. I don't need video that much for notes. Really. The video is I'm thinking about when I'm communicating this later, if yes. this thing they're having trouble with, I want to show this video of, excuse me, of this situation of this context. Now with, if with um with things like tractors you know that's that's super yeah. fantastic because you can get out there and show some things like if you're studying an insurance process you know watch this guy he's having trouble with his excel sheet it does so it doesn't always it doesn't always work the same or but um but and i i, I haven't used it as much as i'd like to Right. Honestly, it's just a lot of work to do the video and I've, I've used to be better at it, but if you, if you're able to capture it, yeah, you know, the sort of the, the cheaper way of doing it is you just display the customer's quote on the screen and that's something it's better than nothing, but yeah. the video works. Yes. It's very, we, works very well. We do exactly the same thing. So we, as far as these, uh, all these, there's a couple of more laws that you have to respect now with privacy and everything like that. But right, right. whenever we can, we capture the video recording and with the consent of the participant and then showing the, the actual clip, showing the clip of where the customer states their problem, where, where they say it, it's, it's, it just, and that's ethos. Right. So that is, it's just another layer of, of, because that, and that convinces people you, you, you cannot challenge it anymore. They said it, it's there. So, and the quote is kind of like, like another level and, and, and we do that as well. So if we can, we, we try to manage and find clips where they support, uh, where they exactly say an outcome statement or job magic or yeah, however you want to call it. They say, you see the list that we've captured behind each of those is a clip like that. And that immediately gets acceptance. So that is, in a sense, that is that is probably more the, the, the ethos part. And that and that's that's one thing. The other thing that we encourage to do, and with varying degree of success, to be honest, is we in, invite everybody that we can to watch us do the interview. I mean, they have busy schedules. Usually, they don't can, they're they're unable to take the time. And but if they can join the interview, sit in, sit in on it. We explain a little bit what we do because it can be very, a job to be done interview can look very weird if, if, if you're heavily solution focused in your job. So you, you kind of need to understand a little bit what, what we're actually doing, but then we invite as much as we can people to, to, to sit in, to sit in. And we had designers and engineers sitting in on our, on our interviews and they were starting to draw. So that was a nice example back when, uh, you actually met people, uh, so it wasn't digital. It was in 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 Italy. It was a work for a car manufacturer, and they we brought in engineers, and they sat behind the mirror while we were doing the interviews, and they started to draw these new designs. So whenever a, a problem came up, they started sketching, and that's so that's another way of just finding ways of of of, of well, basically getting people to listen to the customer is. Try to try to get them into your interview if, if if you can. I would think it would be super important to get them to understand the approach. Yeah. Uh, prior to my yes. so because it can blow back. <laughs> well, it's like I I it's definitely I get why it's good to do. I'd stop short of saying it's my preference because sometimes because in traditional market research, one of the um, accepted norms is the client will keep like if you're in a focus group behind the glass well they'll keep sending in questions they'll, they want to send in questions yeah. and the time <laughs> for, the time for them to send in questions in my opinion was during the scoping it's not it's not yeah. during this conversation now i don't know if i'm in some controversial space but <laughs> i've got this limited time with this customer i'm really i know what i'm going for now yeah. I think it'd be totally fair to say, Hey, let's look at, we've learned and we, Hey, we're missing this. Mm. I, I don't know. If that's the right answer to be honest with you. I don't, maybe, maybe that's just, maybe that's, maybe I should be more welcoming of the comments. I mean, I can, I can think of one a long time ago. It was like 10 years ago and the client sitting in the sitting next to me, she wasn't behind glass. And, um, after the interview, the client said, let's talk about how these are going. And so he wanted to evaluate it. And I was like, I don't want to talk about how these are going. They're going fine. I mean, we're, 
you, but, but the but the client at that time, the individual, they had questions, they had things they wanted. Yeah. That quite. But here's the problem: these that person's bringing their own jobs to be done baggage yeah. into the situation, yeah, and yeah. that and that may or may not be related to the project. So yeah. to to me to just sort of circle back to another cause of failure it's it's early on it's setting the scope yeah. and it's 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 um and again i'm trying to learn to do all this better too but it's to make sure when you're setting the scope that all whoever the reasonable stakeholders are yeah. all of them getting all of their input what do they need to learn what are their because and yes but usually what, what will happen is well, there's all these things you want to learn and then i'm just sort of like okay well you know to to learn all of these things we did our sample size just blew up because look at all this variability you want us to do 60 qualitative interviews we'll do that we'll do that but yeah i'm gonna argue i i, I don't think it's it's not my recommendation oh so so let's rescope it and end up here with a more reasonable mm -hmm. Set so, but but they don't know. They don't know the consequences of. I, I want this. Yeah. I want this. I want this. But when when scoping is finished, I want everybody. Everybody may not like. Everybody might not like the scope, but I want everybody to know what it is, and, and yeah, at least so that <laughs> nice. when we yeah. get to the end, and here's yeah, the results. Yeah, yeah. At least it's not going. That's we studied this job. We study the job of mowing the lawn. We have all these outcomes for mowing the lawn. And you know, it's about the mowing the process. And so, and so we didn't learn about storing the mower. We didn't do those consumption jobs. We didn't learn about um, yeah. maintaining the mower, changing the fluid. We we didn't we didn't learn about the buying process. All of that was out of scope. We studied more. And so as long, so to me, it's critical yeah. that they understand what it is so that when the end is there they're not gonna be like well you didn't get this you didn't get that but but once once we have yeah, yeah. that again i don't know that this is the right so, answer but i th yeah. I, I think we we, yeah. we can distinguish what can go wrong uh we can differentiate between things that are inherent to consulting in general and yeah. things that are inherent yeah. to a particular to, to jobs to be done in in particular yeah. And, and I think yeah. definitely the scope, I actually had written it down in my notes as, uh, as a, something to get into, because in my experience, this is a, a big part of uh, the issues of Agreed. the issue is defining the scope correctly and, and managing expectations correctly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, Scott, getting everyone involved at the beginning so that they can, they know what to expect. And actually yeah. I was wondering for, for you guys, I mean, what, um, uh, I mean, what would be part of the scope? I mean, what are the deliverables of yeah. a jobs to be done project? I mean, of course, I guess, it, it, yeah, it is a bit different if you're coming in as a consultant or if you're doing this for yourself within your company. Yeah, I think what one question, and, and I would be interested in kind of, uh, so I totally agree, Jonathan, that there's a couple of like external consulting questions that come up and then but then there is if you're internal as well and i i, I wonder how you see you both see this so there is a kind of chicken and egg thing going on probably and i don't know how exactly we, we solve this but we do but how, where do you start i mean on the one hand you need to define a target group and mm -hmm. by defining a target group you kind of also define in a certain way what the job is or do you start with the job and then look for the target group or do you start with the product and then go out looking for what kinds of jobs could be addressed so there is i think kind of triangulation that needs to go on and you need to learn how to do this but how do you solve this for 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 different challenges i mean at one point you need to say this is the target group this is the job this is the so but, but how do you get there it's a great question I, I think here we're going beyond the, <laughs> the, beyond the scope. Go, you're diving directly deep into the some of oh. the most profound questions in, in jobs to be done. I think, you know, how do you define the market is a definite tough one. I, I think part of it is, um, John, you described different starting points and different ways of getting there. I mean, I, I, I personally tend to start with a product 
because I think it's just easier to it's an easier beginning point. I don't know that that's the right one. Um, but it's just like that's usually what's on sort of the the customers, the client in this case. That's sort of what's yeah. on their mind. So you sort of start where they are. And I think it's a good place to start because but um but I think the the thing that the error is not allocating, not providing enough time for that conversation. And sometimes it's like, mm. all right, we want to start interviewing on this date. I mean, somebody in the process becomes real like, all right, we got to, we got to drive towards the end. Yes. And it's just like, you know, it's just like, I think if you take enough time, you can get there. And so I re in, in the old days, we all framing was always done on site. And it was like, mm. and I would actually send over a list of homework, answer these questions. Nobody likes to do that homework, by the way. They're like, well, you, you, you're working <laughs> for us. You're giving us work. But I don't know what your innovation goals are. I I, I mean, I, I don't know what yeah. you're, I need to get that. So to bring that, and then we'll have this on-site meeting. And um, I haven't quite figured out what's ideal in a post-COVID world. What I've, what I've been doing is having like a series of like two to three hour sessions because people get tired after that. And yeah. sort of like we keep going until we're done. Um, nobody likes that answer. We keep going till you're done, but it's, but I don't, I, but here's the thing, but it's on, the right on their probably. end, there's going to be, there's going to be disagreements about what it should be. Yeah. And they don't even know they disagree yet. And so yeah. getting the conversation started, it uncovers these disagreements and me on the outside, I have no idea how long it will take to get them to a consensus. How can I possibly predict that? So I can't predict how long it takes. I mean, in practice, I don't know, maybe eight, eight hours or something. I don't know. What, what, what about you, Jan? How do what, what, how do how do you do framing? How do you set it up? I mean, just like logistically and how's it, when do you know it's done? Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends. Usually we say we need, I mean, we need to align on three questions. What's the target group? What's what we call the job hierarchy, which is kind of a job map, but, but it has different layers. So what is that? And what's the business intention? Yeah. So I think that's kind of, so I think in a, in a sense, in a general way, probably there isn't an answer, but in a concrete case and, and the third point, so what's the business intention is where we usually start. Okay. We can discuss all the rest okay. later on, but we need to understand and ensure a link to the business. What right. is it that you actually want? And that's where we, where we usually come in and say, okay, okay, you want to grow the number of users, for example. That's a business goal. Fine. Yes. Okay. In order to achieve that business goal, what's the target group? Mm -hmm. What's the, and what's, what's the job then? So I feel, but that's not always as clear cut as, as I put it now, because exactly there's disagreement on the business intention as well sometimes. So you need to manage this. And it's also not, always that clear how to translate the business intention into a specific target group because it can be very big um but that's where we where we usually start so we want to understand what the business results are and then work our way backwards from 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 there basically i like that now is the business intention would it be fair to say it's, it's sort of a higher level job to what we want to study yeah or, or not or you would say that although it's on the company uh, side is it it's 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 the business just, intention. Not, yes, <laughs> let me think about that one. So, it's, I it's think parallel. there is. It, well, let me, let me just talk through the. So if, yeah. if let's just say it's to, is to. I mean, maybe an example would be to. We increase, can take to mow the lawn. What's that? We can take. Let's say to mow the lawn. Okay, take. So in that case, we we're making lawnmowers, and so we want to sell more lawnmowers. Yeah. I mean, or or grow our grow our share of a certain segment. And then yeah. how are we going to do that? You almost could, you could think about it. You know, it's I still like levers. the old fishbone diagram, honestly. And so it's sort of job hierarchy goes up and down fishbone diagram, fishbone goes from one side to the other. So yeah. if we just, if we put at the, oh, at the okay. top here of our fishbone, you know, sell more mowers what, within all these bones, one of them is going to be, you know, we don't understand what people need for So, uh, their challenge is mowing the lawn. Therefore, we want to study the job of mowing the lawn. Yeah. Am, am I seeing that correctly? Is the way you would think about it? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, I mean, there is a part of it needs to go into this framing that is that has nothing to do with jobs to be done, and it's and 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 is 
exactly understanding what stands so what's the goal the business goal that you want to achieve and and what's exactly standing in the way because it's not mm-hmm. always the case that improving the product for example will is the problem to increasing for to, to for example to grow revenues whatever they right. that's a bit of a vague goal but you know what i mean so yeah. sometimes it's it's you need another ways of figuring out hey by the way we have an issue in the buying process yeah so we need to study that process yeah that's it's not always so clear cut, right? Uh, but, and, and it also depends on if you want to say, I mean, it depends also on the level of the project itself. So is it more strategic? Is it rather attached to a, a product or a product category? So there's a lot of variables, I think, that go in there, which, yeah, maybe it's not that, that clear, clear, always clear cut, but. And I think on the client side, they they might not have even asked these questions they might, and they again yeah. and somebody might be thinking oh we need a 10-year strategy somebody else is thinking no i need to know what features my product has next year and those and can- both are probably legitimate things like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I actually had a, yeah. another question um that's kind of connected to this but maybe goes back a bit in what we're discussing at the beginning which is um, and I've got another connected question to that, which is what are the, the modes of failure? I mean, what does it mean actually for a, yeah. a jobs to be done project to, to fail um, for you guys? I mean, my short answer would be that it's, per- well, I have two. One is that it's, per- it's perceived as a failure by the customer. If they say it's a failure, it's a failure, quite frankly. And the other one would be is even if they don't say that, but the re- it just becomes research, it becomes a binder on a shelf. It just becomes a PowerPoint presentation in the folder that's not used. I think if either one of those happens, it's a failure. My my short answer. So with the pro, does the process sometimes stop in the middle? So does it happen that the client just says, "Okay, this is going nowhere. Um, we'll just stop," uh, or is it mostly the case that? it'll end up in a binder and no one's going to do anything with it. But that, that, hopefully that's not mostly the case with that. No, but <laughs> I mean, no, mostly in the, within the failures, percentage of failures, exactly. within the failures, I'm, I'm not talking of course about all the wonderful successes you guys have. That's I'm not, still hoping <laughs> one succeeds eventually. No, no, no. no I'm talking no, about no, within exactly, the failures. Yeah. Sorry. No, I know what you, so, I, I think I have nothing to add. Scott, you really and you nailed you nailed this. I mean, it's these two these two things. In my experience, and it, it, it rarely stops in the in in the middle of the project because, I mean, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. So either you don't even start, which I think is fine sometimes even. So sometimes that can be a good decision not to even start, or then you you do the project you present it in the end and, and, and there's just no one or nothing is there that, that they won't pick it up. They won't use, do anything with it. And I remember a project that once say for and it was some, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, at least where we suddenly felt after kind of starting doing the first couple of interviews, we realized the, the job that we're getting done for our client is, prove to my boss that I'm actually doing something. And then, so it's just creating work, doing something. And then you re- we realized, okay, that's, it's just, it's not about having impact and actually changing something for the customer, changing the product to serve whatever you want, but it's, it's just general. And, and then that's a really hard thing. I mean, then we say, okay, how, what can we do to, to bring this over the finish line? And we will do, we always deliver on the result, but, but, Sometimes you have that case where you know kind of it lands, it lands nowhere, and that's what we're really trying trying to avoid. And I think usually we more often have the case that we don't even start, and then maybe or there is so in in these ten years that I am at Vembridge, I think we had two or three where I re I mean sometimes I don't know, but two or three where I really know nothing happened, so nothing really. It was just, it was a nice presentation. Everybody had a smile. We walked out of the workshop room <laughs> and <laughs> nothing happened. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, you know, that on the back end, I think sometimes I always encourage folks to when they get the results, 
don't plan like if you get if the presentation's on Tuesday, don't schedule ideation for Wednesday. No. Um, I um I think you need some time to read it, think about it, just immerse yeah. yourself in it. What's the other yeah. research your company has? Where does it? What just what's is it is it in sync with that? Or is it where's where are the conflicts? It's like, you've yeah. gotten data and now you need to absorb it. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I really love about your model, Jan, is that that's, fact that spinning say, the yeah. growth that yeah. that um, your process doesn't end with the uncovering of the needs, as is pretty common, really. But at, le but, you know, at least you provide a path, say, hey, l let us continue yeah. working with you to help you to use it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that about what you guys do. I'd love to but, know at some point, I'd love to have as a whole show on that spinning part sometimes. Sure. And so one issue I I had when I was doing consulting, so I'm not a jobs to be done consultant, but um, one thing that we faced was the, the notion of, um, of uh, return on investment, basically. So uh, for the, for the client, I mean, how, so, I mean, this is, this is yeah. a valid um, concern, both when you're selling your services as a jobs to be done consultant or any kind of other, any other uh, consultant, um, but also further down the line, of course, when you want to, you know, when people want to, um, you know, validate your work and, and, and try and understand if you did a good job. If, you, if, if you're providing these kinds of services, often you're kind of removed from the, the result, right? Because there's a big step between the moment, I mean, you're, you're basically framing the problem and, and then there's maybe a few years before anything comes out or, you know, and, yeah. and can they really tie it back to this or not anymore? And, and so how do you actually go over that, that hurdle of, yeah. you know, of tying, of, of really connecting the value that they get in their hands with the work you've done? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Or I want I? you to go first. That, I that's, a, I, that's a really, I mean, that's a tough one. Uh, that's a tough one because sometimes you can't, to be quite frank, you can't strictly bring that back to a number and then say that's the amount of, because that's not how decisions work. That's not how organizations work and especially how not innovation goes. In other cases, you can. So, I mean, it's... Um, there's one case right now when I'm walking through the city of, of Zurich where I live, I see billboards and I know exactly why the billboards look the way they look because it's based on a project that we did. And I, you couldn't be, I mean, I'm so happy every time I, I, see, I see one of those billboards and there you can actually, they are now tracing it back. So that's there. I mean, that's it's, it's a health insurance and they, they tracking, they're tracking top of mind uh, and, and, and all that kind of they have different metrics where they track how well is their campaign doing. Now, of course, not everything in that campaign is due to our project. There's a lot of design work that went into in which completely different company did another. So it, it's hard to judge what exactly is the amount of, well, that, that, that our project brought in growth of of, of clients but there is a relationship there but it's hard to 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 pinpoint and sometimes you 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 can't yeah i mean this is a typical problem with marketing and advertising of course yeah yeah it is i, I think it is i think it is a good that's a good way to look at it jonathan like the things that i mean how what's your return of investment on a commercial or on a billboard or on on anything the um you know I, you guys are I, actually Jonathan. You recommended a really good book recently, the Book of Why on causality, and I'm just enjoying that beautiful book yeah. very much. But and I'm sort of sort of gets in this question: How do you know one thing caused another? And what one thing I love about the book is that he's, he beats up on the statisticians, which I enjoy. <laughs> he, he particularly beats up on them because apparently, it's originally one of the goals of statistics of the early statistical fathers, if you will was to prove how something to prove causality and they sort of gave up they got to the yeah. point where we can show these things are correlated but they just like they they literally and everybody that's a high school student that's been through a statistics class will tell you that correlation doesn't mean causation i'm like ah stop it uh, you know you hear it all the time and it was somebody will say it and they'll 
they'll reflect to let you absorb this profundity they've uh, they've given this proverb but he beats up on him from this and the the element he brings back into it is logic is is um is don't expect the numbers to answer every question for you if if a if a, a father mm -hmm. and son both have blue eyes right you could have you could say that conceivably the father's eyes you know had a causal impact on the sons but you would but you can also that's as a possibility this is a possibility but you can also say it's an impossibility that the son's eyes caused the father's to be blue right yeah. and so it's so you know I'm, I'm early in the book but one of the big lessons to me is um that just because numbers we don't just stop with data analysis we have to combine logic logic with it and often when i when i'm asked about the return on investment question i don't think i've ever given an answer anybody enjoyed or liked um <laughs> because i just I, I i don't i don't have an i don't have a number but it's like if you were going to and this is a military example it's just only when it comes to vines but if you were going to bomb uh, um a uh, manufacturing facility. This facility is making tanks and planes, right? You know, what's the return on your investment to determine where that plant is exactly? You know, how, let's get how much is that going to cost? Do we need to do that? No, just send the bombers. Just start letting them fall. I mean, it's that's that's a logical argument for yeah. for getting your target. If you get if you better understand your target, you've got a better shot of hitting it, and uh nobody finds that very I, I find that but it's... no i think it's a great I, I i think that connection you've made is 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 really very nice and it, exactly i mean the, the one of the the main points in the, the this studio pearl makes is exactly this that data alone will not inform you on uh on causation and so you need to have a model to be able to reflect yeah. on, on causation right. you need a model or a logic right and and i think it's exactly right. I mean, it's a very nice connection you've made there between uh, the idea that, uh, okay, you can go in and talk about the data and everything, but in the end, you need to present uh, a worldview and an explanation that people will go along with yeah. and that they'll find compelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let's not forget, and, and I think Christensen was 100% right on this, to say that he said, the job to be done explains the cause of why a customer acts in a certain way. So nothing that's social demographic about it. So I think that's probably why jobs to be done people are drawn to causality as a concept. And that mm. maybe gets a little bit into this philosophy uh, aspect of it, because I think it's it's 100% right. The job explains the cause, why somebody acts in a certain way, because they want to achieve the job. It's the, the purpose that they want to achieve explains their actions. It's the same way where you say, uh, I mean, and Judea Pearl brings, uh, he, he mentions that example. So because with causality, we often think that it's chronologically. So the cause is prior to the effect, but that's not always the case. For, for example, Christmas uh, gift sales go up before Christmas. So exactly. it's, it's the job of, I need, I want to gift something to my mother, my father, whoever, I just need to right? I need to buy mm -hmm. a gift that cause, so it's the future that causes present action. And I think jobs to be done has a kind of a similar logic. What I want to get to is I want to mow the lawn, right? That's the thing I want to do. I want to have the lawn mowed. You can phrase it in a different way, but it's the same thing. And that causes me to go through certain steps. Mm. And I think that's basically the model of, 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 of jobs to be done and why it's so powerful because it brings causality as an explanation to, to, to action. And the next question is obviously then how do you get to the model? And I mean, in this whole causal framework, this is not actually a question in, in this particular book, in the book of why, but it's really answered. The models are basically given and there's a whole other kind of uh, uh, parallel field, which is called causal discovery, where people actually try to figure out how can we actually discover models. And you can partially get to some models by uh through, through having data and stuff like this i mean the, the main the main way you'd get through a model is by doing experiments and acting in the world i yeah. mean that's one of the core ideas is that you through acting in the world and 
and um, seeing, okay, what happens if, um, if this doesn't happen, will this still happen? And for that, you need to hold something still virtually and, and so hold a few variables still and see if things happen. And then you can make a model. Um, but I, I was actually, I just read a quite nice little book and uh, it's unfortunately or fortunately, I, I don't know in French, but it was a, an excellent book <laughs> called uh, Petite Victoire from a guy called, uh, I think, Philip Silbertsan. It's called so small victories, and it's mm. it's based on the idea of effectuation, basically. But he, I mean, the, the basic argument of the book is that if you want to change the world and if you want to change people's opinions, what you need to do is bet on very small actions, extremely small actions, and and you actually select your actions based on your on your ability to go through with them and and have them be successful. And, and you work on the mental models or on the, the, the worldviews or the models that people have by, by doing these really small actions that you're sure to, to, to be successful at that will change people's view on, on stuff. And as we were discussing, I was actually wondering, so this would be another way to convince people. So what would be like a really small project, say if someone's in an organization and wants to go through a jobs to be done project, what could be like a really small thing that people could do where they're practically sure of getting a kind of quote-unquote victory or success that might you know make people say oh, okay that's an interesting uh, thing I, I don't know if that's even possible but uh, it just occurred to me oh no it is. I think it is I don't know if you want to go first go but I, I think it is and it's very important to it to have ways to do this I mean there's uh, sorry do you want to go <laughs> I don't no, want I was just, no I was just, I'm still curious what you're saying but I know one thing that uh, at least a, a fellow practitioner I know is trying is um, to have instead of a, a long three or four month project, he has like these like one week sprint and it's just sort of an yeah. accelerated project. Um, clearly won't have the statistical power or whatever, but at least it's least a, it's probably in one of your things was to get people to accept the approach, maybe at least get them to see A to Z. Uh, about the approach and you learn something useful. You always learn something useful. The other thing I would say is it's it's a lot of pressure to say, based on this one study, you'll have the answer to everything and it solves everything. Yeah. I say, no, combine it. Take everything, every all your other studies. This is just because this becomes part of the puzzle. It doesn't replace everything you've done. And there are definitely some companies and practitioners that would not disagree that would disagree with what I said they say no this study does everything I don't say that I say it, it should complement your knowledge I don't know what were you going to say Jan yeah well what what you can do is and, and it depends on the company right but 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 in but sometimes what, what, what we do is we just do half a day framing workshop so we do we do nothing else but spend mm. time on the framing workshop have a discussion on exactly this and then reframe it from the jobs to be done perspective mm -hmm. and that that i mean it, de it depends on where the company stands but that is a first a very tiny first step and then you can show kind of okay look now we kind of set it up this is what you would get and this is what you would understand and that can be a very tiny first 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 step of just just do a job map just if and, and it can be very rudimentary and that's okay but just because I think we underestimate sometimes, and I certainly do this. We underestimate the 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 the, the what it takes to actually switch to perspective, and not because jobs one is so intellectual and blah blah blah. That's not the thing. I rather think that people are living in a context within organizations where they are trained to think in a very different way, in a solution oriented way, and it it so just having half a day where you get out of that context and are free to think in a new way in a jobs be done way is is the first little start that you that you can you can do it probably won't have that much of an impact but it will it will kind of start at least a discussion maybe things can grow grow from there but don't underestimate that this is going back to what i started with don't underestimate the groundwork it sometimes can take to bring that kind of user-centric, whatever you want to call it, thinking into an organization. I, yeah. I sometimes underestimate that a lot. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of times, you know, there'll be a champion on the inside, super excited, yeah, exactly. ready to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And almost, and, and then, and they're wonderful. You're not there without them. 
but then but you but but you have to you have to bring yeah. everybody else along um you have to connect it to their job to be done and exactly. um, yeah yeah should we go on to the more technical stuff that can go wrong for a couple of minutes sure or? sure i think yeah i think we've we've covered the the, the human side of it quite a bit yeah what are some of the technical things if only there weren't so many humans involved Everything i know <laughs> i know uh this would be super easy if it wasn't for clients and customers exactly easy. yeah yeah <laughs> so i think i don't know how, how it is about use code i see two two key things that can go really wrong or that are underestimated maybe not wrong but they're underestimated the amount of time it takes to really come up with the goods we call it job hierarchy or job map really the framing of the job i think that can go quite wrong in different ways and we we spoke about this a little bit in prior episodes i think there is a tendency to go too high and to be too narrow and i can explain a little bit what that means but i think very often if people especially if they hear the word purpose think very 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 abstract so they get from mowing the lawn to oh that's about what was your example i think beautifying beautifying my home for example yeah, having, sure. and then you get from beautifying my home is to live a peaceful life or whatever. So really, and that's, and then people think too far ahead. They're almost like too far away from the solution. <laughs> Could you maybe summarize the, what the risks are of going to, like, just reiterate what, what in your view are the problems if you go too high or too low? So the, the problem with going too high is you will lose the connection to your, to, to your, to your business, to your actual organizational context. So if you're produced, if you have, factories that produce lawnmowers it will take quite some time to get into the business of uh, developing solutions that help people live a peaceful life that's a very far stretch and sometimes that can be nice to think about it but so if you go too high you will be too detached from the actual business if you go too narrow too too low is you will only stay in very very optimizing very optimizing something very very narrow now that in itself is not something bad. That can be a very a fine purpose. And I think, honestly, the narrower you actually scope, the more you will be able to do with the results. So, but th so these are kind of the risks. I think if you go too high, it's too detached from the business. If you're too narrow, it's just about optimizing. Mm -hmm. and, and what are the ways of going too narrow then? I mean, uh, how do you actually, what does it mean really to go too narrow Mm. I, because I, I, I mean, maybe I could just say how how I would see it, and you can tell me yeah. what you think about it. Because I mean, I think there's there's different. Um, I mean, there's different ways to go too high or too narrow, and so there is um, the, uh, you know, I mean, you can choose a, a different a beneficiary and define the 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 benefit, or let's say the executor of the job. Sorry, uh, in a more or less abstract manner you yeah. can you can uh the, the so you can diff so basically you can narrow with context and i think it's something you actually talk quite a bit about in your book the statue in the stone um scott which i really liked on the on this idea of context and context it seems to me there's i'll just go with that i'll say that's that's how you that's one very interesting way of narrowing or abstracting mm -hmm. the job and context can be you know constraints that the customer has it can be um uh, how you define actually your job executor it can be the um the high the job hierarchy so um I, I think we also discussed this at some point that if you're doing an action if you're doing a job for a, a one reason for one higher level reason it's it, it changes it, it will not be the same thing as if you do that same job for another higher level reason for instance we talked about cooking meals yeah. and uh, if you're if you're cooking a meal for your family or if you're cooking a meal um to impress a lady to impress a lady or something it'll, it'll change <laughs> of course it gives a context so the the higher level jobs also uh, provide a, a context and so i i think uh, to to I, I, well, I think context is one way of being more narrow in the job 
and I'm kind of getting lost a bit in what I was wanted to say. So I don't know if you wanted to comment on that already. Well, I just I think Jan and I would agree that if we had to pick too high or too low, we'd go too narrow. If we if because we're airing on this, we're airing on actionability. Because remember, even our earlier definition of a failure is a it's stuff on a shelf, and you know. Um, so, so something just stick with the lawnmower. I apologize. I know I keep dragging you guys into these lawnmower examples, but like one would be, um, you know, I mean, uh, change the lawnmower blade. That's pretty, I mean, that's almost ridiculously narrow. It's, um, you know, but you could have a whole, what are the steps of changing a lawnmower blade? You know, how do you prepare? What materials do you gather together? And how do you know when you're ready to change? You know, I mean, I mean, you could totally do it, but yep. you're, you're not going to learn anything about mowing the lawn. So you're going to get this amazing, but who knows, but, but me on the outside, who am I to say that's too narrow? Maybe that's like where the big opportunity could be. And, and, you know, something that, um, you know, we sort of mentioned earlier is it's, it's a lot of pressure to put on any one study. A lot of times the answer is you need to study maintain the mower, you need to study mow the lawn, you need to study pur the purchasing cycle of buying a mower, you need to, you need to, the answer is you need to study lots of things. And mm. everybody doesn't like that, because then it's sort of, it just feels overwhelming. It's like, oh, it's just, it feels overwhelming. But I still think that's, I think that's probably the answer. So usually with framing, it's about or scoping, Jonathan, I really like your thought about it's I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's really not that different than a typical consulting and a client where you're just determining the scope of work, what's in and what's out. It's very, um, it, it's very similar to that. In fact, maybe I'm thinking I may need to read some references on, on how that's done. might get some insight, but it's, it's, um, I think I've gone way past your question. Your question is about too narrow. I definitely <laughs> err on too narrow because it makes it more actionable. But the trade-off is, um, is it's, you know, with all of these things you have to study, you sort of, if you study everything at those narrow levels, you, maybe to understand this market, maybe that's like 20 projects where, you know, if you can abstract it up a bit, maybe we can cover it all in five or, or so, something, something less. So I think that's the, that's the cost of going too narrow is you, you just, you're, you, you, you have a lot more work to do to understand what's going on in this space. Yeah. There is also, I, I, I really like this. You, you mentioned this a couple of times and I think in other discussions, maybe even here on the podcast already where you, Scott said, well, sometimes clients react and say, oh, that all sounds very complicated. And your response is, well, it is complicated. It is that's just the way, that's the way, that's the way it actually is. And I think that's a hundred percent and hundred percent. Right. I think there is another way in which you can go kind of maybe it's the same way, but just the flip side. And, 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 and Tony used to use this example quite a lot with, with, um, so the iTunes and like, how, how was, how did actually iTunes come about? So the, the one narrowness that you can do is just narrowing on a step within the job. So that's kind of what would you were referring to changing the blade? Like that's a very exactly. narrow thing. And then, but then it could also be too narrow in, in thinking about or not thinking about stuff that has to happen before the job can start and stuff that happens afterward, after the job is done. There is always an after it. So that's at least how we think about it. So there's an up and down and there is a left and right. There is a before and after. And, 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 and Tony does this way better job of explaining it, but he shows that well, the invention of iTunes is not in kind of, the improvement is not along the lines of quality of music, for example. It's not about having a better quality of sound or whatever. It's they actually did it one step prior to listening to actually do the music better, which was the organization. Finding a specific song. The song was done much, much, much better in the Apple ecosystem than in other, any other. And sometimes it happens that I see if clients or, or, or just companies that we might work with try to apply jobs to be done themselves is that they forget steps that are not covered by their solution. So this really, and, and, and that I think can be a, a really a source of error where you only start when your product comes in, but the job usually, not always, but usually the job is bigger than, than the thing you're actually serving. Wow, that's a huge point. 
You've got me thinking about a project I'm working on right now. The um, Jan, <laughs> so for whatever like is most critical, will you with the scope of the project, will you generally push it to make sure you include a few steps before and a few steps after, even if that's sort of beyond what they're interested in? We we try, yes, we try to to bring that in because I mean. So we, we, we differentiate, we say, let's do a hypothesis. And then in the end, it's the customer that's going to steer us in the right direction. But we need to have this openness to be able to go there. I mean, it's, it, I think any, anyone that actually practices jobs to be done, they will realize that if you were to start talking to people about listening to music, let's say, customers would, if you have an open ear and really just say, how do you do this? And then you stay open on, on, on what the process is and the solutions that are used. The, the problem of organizing the songs would come up. So we have this kind of tendency to say, we need a kind of hypothesis, but that's a lot of it is about alignment. So getting alignment within the team that we say, okay, here's where we start, here's where we stop. That's the level of altitude. So we use the hierarchy as a kind of alignment tool. And then it's really the customer. I mean, they will, we trust that they will steer us in the right direction if there is a problem a little bit of outside of our scope. If even if it's if it's still scoped there, will you? Let's just say whatever the scope is. Will you in an interview? Will you still push a little bit beyond it, a little bit before and a little bit after? You you can you can try, yeah. So we try, but but it's not to be honest. It's not a systematical thing that 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 we do. But I mean, we usually put that up. So we do this hierarchy, and we usually put this try to put a step in that is that is before that is out of scope and we put the step in that is out of scope on kind of the afterwards thing as right, well. Right. And then in, in the interviews, so we, we make sure we cover the core and then we start fishing a little bit around. Maybe there is something there. And if there is, we 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 try to go there. But it's it's not a we don't do this systematically, let's say, or as a as a yeah. Yeah. So you allow for a little flexibility during the qualitative to yes to move move the boundaries in and out a bit. I yeah. think that's a good thing to do is yeah. you're learning things, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's another issue I want to bring up maybe well, looking at the time we, I don't know, but just as a message to people out there that want to start their own jobs with their own project, do not underestimate recruiting. <laughs> it's yeah. that's, I think we all get so in love with theories and everything, but the sheer practicality of if you want to do it yourself, I mean, there is agencies out there that you can pay and then they will organize that stuff, but it costs money. And if you want to do it yourself, I'm in a project right now where this is, is, is just an issue. Re getting actual respondents, people, and, and organizing all of these different interviews, having that in a schedule that actually makes sense and that is not over three months and everything, do not underestimate the practicality of just, just organizing that stuff. That really is the hardest thing. Actually. That is so hard. If if and there's some markets where like military, there's certain things where, you know, you just if you if you can't call, you call up a recruiter, they can't line them up for you. That's yeah. That's a big yeah. If you have that situation, you need to allow for a lot of time, and you get this in B two B, and that that often means going through the salespeople to set up interviews give up don't do them blind because you're just making it more difficult you're just sort of a scott opinion and that and you want to say hey this is our company we've got a relationship you need whatever you can to get the appointment i mean yes. um yeah. and if it's if it's something a recruiter is able to locate you're you're good it's just it's just money but if it's not it's it's without it's question hard. that's the hardest thing oh my gosh yeah 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 and and um yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. The um, you just got to allow for a lot of time. You got to allow for a lot of time, and uh, this may be beyond our scope for today, but it would certainly be very difficult to do a quant in that case. Yes. And so there may be there may be cases to where you want to say, you know what, we're gonna have, um, we're gonna do a, a quant, but maybe just with 15 or 20 people, but they're, but maybe they're interviews again, like in my company, we do preference interviews so that you can make sure you're, they're understanding it correctly. You don't have any variability. You, you want to get rid of all the variables you can. 
Yeah. Um, and you just have to sort of give up on the statistical power. But here, here's one thing we, we beat up with statisticians once already. When you get <laughs> when you get the the numbers, you'll, you'll have an asterisk. You know, n equals twenty. Um, but 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 don't be a, but don't be ashamed of it. You don't have to apologize for it. Look at yeah. there's look at the standard DV. Go ahead and some people would say. Don't even you can't even don't even get numbers from 20 people because blah 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 it's insignificant no get, gather them anyway and look at the standard deviations of their responses yeah. if their standard deviations are narrow you can feel great about it if they're wide you, there's something then else that's going what on. it is yeah um yeah. but it's it's we're getting into a, tr a, a tricky area for sure but just just to yeah. summarize recruiting yeah it's difficult yeah I think we could go on. I think it's really interesting for yeah. sure. I think John, I think one of you guys had somewhere to be. I, I have in, in, meeting in yeah, kind of 20 minutes. 20 I have minutes. Okay. So. All right. I think, I think it's a, we've covered quite a lot of ground here. It's quite, it's quite nice. So we probably can uh, bring it to a close. What yeah. do you guys yeah. think? So yeah. conclusion, jobs you done projects are easy. And they just effortless, <laughs> effortless things. No thinking goes into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I think practitioners were drawn to the logic. We're drawn to yes. the jobs to be done, helping the customer get something done perfectly. We're drawn to these things. And then we have to, we have to use these other parts of our brain working with people that might not come as natural. Um, yeah which that would be it's certainly doing a project it's nice if you have a couple people on a team together where you can kind of you're not it's a little more pressure if you're the only practitioner rounding everybody up if you have a couple people that's probably yeah. something else to think about and and some people probably have just we all have different abilities at everything and so we've been sort of talking around the skill of facilitating a group Oh, um, that would be another one that we. If yeah. somebody on your team has is excellent at that, oh, yeah. wow, that'd be that'd mm. be a big help. Yeah, yeah, we should we should. I mean, that's that's where I want to learn. I mean, yeah, Same. I mean that's so key. So, at what point would that skill come in 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 the in the process when you're dealing with a client? Is that when you're doing the market selection, or when would that skill of managing a group be be particularly useful? That's where it comes occurs to me early on, yeah. early on. And you got to have some pretty well, thick skin, uh, you know. When somebody says this isn't going very well, you know. <laughs> so here's a little tip. The jobs we've done interviews, you can use those all the time. You can use them with your family. You can use them with anybody. Look, if they're saying, if they're giving you feedback, you know, this doesn't make sense. You're not helping them get their job done. You gotta, so you gotta chat with them though. What's, you know, what, you know, what's frustrating, troublesome, time consuming, you know, what's, what is it that's, just get to the root of it. That, that tends to work in a lot of situations. I don't know what you're about to say, Jan. <laughs> no i just i just i just 100 agree so but but i mean this this if there is a and, and i think design thinkers are are a little bit better at this kind of oh, managing wait. groups right. and, right. and and or that's at least my experience of, of of i mean i had a little bit of a discussion with people who they kind of they design um oh what's it called more more inclusive processes so not 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 in a product sense but for example you you design a larger part of of, of a town now how should that be constructed and they kind of manage so they're bringing people from the town they bring in politics they bring in politicians they bring in elders and they manage a more participatory way of and i try to learn from them things that i can use because more and more companies are getting more and more democratized. So you need to kind of manage these different teams and bring them in. And, and it's a lot about that stuff, which is not. What do you with... mean democratized, like diverse, diverse or, or what? No, I mean, I mean like um, less hierarchical. So much oh, okay. more, 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 more smaller yeah. teams that are kind right. of more independent. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do a project, there is a lot of work that goes into just getting buy-in having people interested and, and and how do you get them all in and that's that's an area where i really want to learn much much more um yeah i'm 
Not that good at it yet, but I'll try to improve. As always with jobs to be done people. That's right. <laughs> like, That's right. All right. We want to we pull it together. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, here's the good thing, you know, I will never forget this, Scott. When, when we did kind of the first um, webinar together, kind of where we, had, we, we made the good mistake of meeting half an hour too early. And you said, if you get jobs with young people in a room, it's like, what do you say? Like uh, 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 matches, matches. Like and, you get and, a spark and, and oxygen and fuel, you know, something exactly. to catch on fire. <laughs> well, actually, what I said, I said, we probably shouldn't start yet, you know, because we got a lot to talk yeah. about. And then we was like, like 10 seconds went by. And then we just started. We, <laughs> we just jumped right in. So, yeah. I think that's so true. I think we could just sit together and then and then we have lots to talk about. So, anyway, I enjoyed All it. Right. I did too. Well, this is fun. I think we'll do more of more with our Product Quest podcast team. Very very enjoyable. Yeah, very, very nice. Enjoyable. And some great uh, great tips from both of you guys. So I I learned a lot. Thanks. I as, hope so. As did I. All right. Well, thank you, folks, for uh, yet another hour invested with us, the Product Quest podcast team. I think we will do some more of these with just our group. This is fun. And so on that, friends, concludes today's Product Quest podcast. Please send any comments or ideas for future shows to productquestpodcast at gmail.com, and we will see you next time. We should do one of this. I mean, it's zero preparation, and I thought it was great.